What's up, everybody? As always, I'm your co-host, Effin Weider. And I am Kells. What are we calling I'm you? just going to be Kells, I guess. We're Puff, but Kells. You change it every know. week. Call, call me. No, it's been Puff for a long time on here. But no, like, I know I what it really says on the screen, but what you call yourself changes every week, I feel like. It does. It does. I don't really. Everybody calls me something different at this point. I have so many. Look, I said just backstage, I ain't want to cuss, and I'm over here starting it, starting it with a cuss word. Well, anyway. Gosh. Welcome to Full Sin University. Um, if you caught the TikTok I put out earlier, um, YouTube has put our main channel page on double secret probation um, because apparently uh, doing a 9-11 tribute episode now <laughs> falls under the guidelines of cyberbullying and harassment. So, well, I guess we'll add that to the list of things we're not allowed to talk about because apparently paying tribute to... That would make sense, though, that we're not allowed to talk about that. Well, yeah, but the excuse they gave us for why they took it down is total bullshit. <laughs> we're so. in. Thanks, YouTube. Um, but anyway, this will be obviously on our backup account on YouTube for now or until they decide to fully ban our main channel. So, and just tuned. for the record, sitting on an exercise ball because my back hurts so bad. I was wondering so why bad. you were wobbling all over the place. Well, yeah, uh, I went to I've been going to the chiropractor now, and um, I've had energy today. I've done a lot today, so I know if I sit down on my bed before the show is over, I'm going to be over the show. So we're going <laughs> to keep the energy that I've had for the day, so we can get through this today. <laughs> all right, that works. So, um, you may recall back around Halloween, uh, we tried to get a man by the name of Izzy Centric on the show. He's been on here before. Um, due to a series of scheduling errors between us, him, and his wife, uh, he was unable to make it. And then four people like the for like two ball. weeks, we kept getting the dates mixed up. So he's here tonight. We're happy to have you here tonight, as always. Um, here's the man, Izzy. <laughs> How we doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, same old, same old. We're here. Listen, I just, I just want to let you know, Hellbilly, that I have been carrying chambered just for you all week long, ever since last weekend. <laughs> right on. So, what have you been my, up to, Izzy? My How dad was excited too. I'm sorry. Oh, energy. Good. Told you, I no. got energy tonight. <laughs> Listen, I don't even know what that would feel like. That's it's crazy. <laughs> Never ever. Bordering pretty close to it right now. Tweaking. Okay, compared to like your normal baseline that I see you at almost all the time, yes, you're tweaking right now. I have energy today. I'm like on work work movement. Eric like I worked you. today, I painted my kitchen and I did a lot of mudding and I went, I did a lot today. Okay. I did a lot today. I didn't want to think I, about that. I want to talk to Izzy. Izzy, what's up? Well, I'm doing pretty well. I actually rearranged my bedroom. And so I was able to bring my little studio that was in my sunroom back into my bedroom. So I'm a lot more secluded now. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing decluttering because everything is pretty much back to 
everything's pretty much done. So I can pretty much move everything back into its place that it needs to be and clean it. I'm so happy. I'm, I just I'm, like that I have a bedroom again. This is, and I'm going to turn my, my empty living room into a library. Because I'm really nice. out of spaces for my books. I'm out of room. They're starting to stack in funny ways. I'm decluttering all of my stuff, getting ready to move in a couple of months. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, you get engaged. You can't really shack up with roommates anymore. You should probably get your own space. So. Well, congratulations again for that. Um, well, thank you. That is you. that is awesome. I'm very excited. Listen, been, uh, I'm all about the air fryer. What'd you cook today? Because I know you cook something in it. Oh, okay. So, like, everybody has been telling me for the longest time, this random side story, to get an air fryer. And I'm like my father. I don't need that fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that. I've lived this far without anything like that. Like, I'm good. Well, That was I, me. I was adamant. No, you got to get an air fryer. got to get an air fryer. So, we mm -hmm. on one today, and I got it. And I made taquitos because she's like, you got to make taquitos in it. She goes, they're amazing. And I never liked them because cooking them in the oven, they always kind of come out like half soggy, half crispy. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, no, try it. Yes. Well, so I went out, I got the air fryer. I got a box of them. I got some sour cream. I literally messaged them. I was like, it's life changing. Like, life changing. This is like the best thing in the world. Now, like, I'm like, now I'm trying to find everything I can cook in the air fryer. Cook and bacon in the, cook bacon in the air fryer. It's got <laughs> a dehydrating. It's got a dehydrate Mine section on it. Too. So I can make homemade beef jerky, and I've never been more excited in my entire life, which I think is a testament to how much older I've gotten. Like, I don't get excited about drinking or going out. It's like I can dehydrate stuff in an air fryer in, like, my kitchen, and, like, that's the Does highlight that mean that I can of make my day. Fruit? I would imagine so. Let's not just ask Brittany. By the way, I'm getting bees, in case anybody wanted to know. Did you say bees? Bees, yes. I'm getting honeybees. Ooh. Damn, it has been decided. I was gonna get chickens and now I'm gonna get honeybees. I'm gonna Are I'm gonna have a little honey. A purist. Um, they call a beekeeper. I just think that honey in an apocalypse situation is gold. It is. Yeah. And I wanna know how to get it. I wanna know everything about everything about honey because yeah. of honey is so good for you and it and you can do anything with it. I just love honey. Like well, you can use it for like medicinal purposes, drink. food. That's what I'm saying. For food, it's so good for you. This is a sweetener. I have honey every day. Raw organic honey every single day, but I want to harvest my own honey. Do you know what you can do with beeswax? Do you know the things that you can do with beeswax? I, I need like honey. I need bees. I need bees. <laughs> I've actually never been stung by a bee in my life, so that might be the thing that kills me when I'm like 68 years yes, old. Yes, girl. Right? I have no idea if I'm allergic either. I've just been really lucky not to be stung. <laughs> it is the best. We used to go to bee farms when I was a kid when we were living in New York. That was like field trips for us. I went to a small school, so like field trips, we would yeah. go to bee farms. And I would always get the bricks of honeybee, the honeycomb. And mm. I'd go home and eat it with a fork. Oh my wax and all <laughs> eat it yeah i actually asked my father one time i was like should i carry get like an EpiPen?" he goes why i'm like i've never been stung by a bee and like this last week i'm kind of concerned that like if i ever get stung like i'm gonna die he's you like don't feel good 
he's like, well, I mean, you know, if you call an ambulance, that's not a problem. It's like, yeah, but like, what if I'm by myself? Like, I'd rather have it on me and be like, yep, I'm definitely allergic or get stung and be like, okay, I'm fine. I've been stung multiple times. I got stung in the back of my leg. I stepped on a bee once. I got stuck on the back of my leg. Um, I got stung on my face once right here. Um, I got stung on my thigh. And my mom was like, you're not going to get stung. She swatted a bee. I think I've told you this story. I was so mad. She swatted a bee at a garage sale. I did. And I was like, I'm going to get stung by that bee. Leave that bee alone. She's like, you're not going to get stung. She leaves. I pick up my bag. I go over and I sit down. I put the bee in my bag. Sure enough, bee's on my bag. Stings my leg. I caught my mom freaking out, screaming at her. Because <laughs> that hurt so bad. I said, Mom, you know that bee? That bee was going to sting me. It stung me. <laughs> oh, man. And then I got stung here by something what do they call them things but i got a scar in the back of my hand from where that thing stung me it's like a murder hornet type bug down here that i got stung by we were going to get tobacco sticks to burn that's what it felt like okay my hand swelled up it did not feel good that was that was the worst how would you know that it was murder hornet like if you've never actually been stung by a murder hornet I'm just saying it was the worst one. My hand was my hand was messed up forever. Even the one that I got stung in my face was not as bad as this one. So okay, so why you mentioned murder hornet and before we before we we start getting in into other topics, I saw a video, and I'm pretty sure it was a murder hornet. I could be wrong, but anyway, someone trapped it in a plastic cup. I saw it. And that guy came in, he goes, You do know that like they have a photographic Mm -hmm. memory, like that guy that's if like you let it out of the I cup, like it's gonna come, to, it's gonna come find you, and like it's gonna sting the shit out of you. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Okay, that thing is huge. Stuart is that guy's name? That did Jordan that? the Stallion, I think, is his name. Where he's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I wait like a freaking kid for I don't know Christmas for that. Come here, I'm I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, come here, yes. Come here. I love his videos because <laughs> like he always hits you with like the realest stuff possible. Real- it's like I didn't think about any of that before now and now that's all i can think but you're for real that's for real that's legit that's (laughs) the content i like though like the like the funny stuff is nice but like content like like for example like izzy's content when he puts up stuff like it's informative and it makes you think about things in ways you've never thought about it before and that's the type of stuff that i've been watching more more recently my for you page is crazy i have everything I anything you can think of is on my for you page, and I'm not joking. Name it; it's there. <laughs> I have everything. I like that Izzy remembered from the first time he was on the show where I said I absolutely hated dolls, and now anytime he makes a video surrounding dolls or about potentially possessed doll-like <laughs> figures, he tags me in it, and I'm like, why? Why do you, you do like- this? Like months later, he still does, it, and I laugh because as soon as he tags me. And I see the tag, I'm like, this is either going to be something he knows I'm interested in hearing about, or it's doll shit. Like, it's 50-50. <laughs> I never know which way it goes till I click the video. There's actually there's actually a doll. I want to say her name is Penelope. Oh, Lord. I'm like 98% sure. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, let's not. Why do you have to do that to me? Listen, you want to know where this doll came from? This is the craziest story. Well, hold on. And he I was about it. to tell a story. Let, okay, tell your story first. Oh, no, did I just break that? I did. Well, Penelope apparently was the kind of doll. She she was a large size, and um, 
they took video and some pictures of her and people were getting sick on the internet just looking at her image. I feel like I heard about that doll. Yeah. I want to say her name was Penelope. She was life-size, right? She was like a human-sized doll. She, yeah, she was huge. I mean, she, yeah. I think she was somewhere between like four, maybe four feet tall. Did you say human-sized doll? Yeah. Was, yeah, she was, was probably pushing somewhere between four and five feet tall. Yeah, I remember her being was, really big. Yeah, she was a big, a big doll. No, this, my dad gave it to me when I was like seven or eight years old. He got it at a hotel that he worked at. Somebody left it. There was and probably a good had, reason they left it. I've lived, please. Just throw them out there. <laughs> my entire life. My entire life. So hold on, I want, I want to go back to the Penelope thing because it reminds me of two different things I've heard of before. That has very like House of Wax vibes to it. Ooh. And if you've never seen the movie House of Wax, basically some crazy dude turns real life people into wax sculptures. And if you've ever watched the show Arrow on WB, they had a villain on there called the Doll Maker, where he was taking people and turning them into life-size dolls. That's what it reminds me of. So, like, oh, no. I'm convinced now that's an actual person. <laughs> no, for me. Could be. That's terrifying. Like, I don't like dolls as it is, but you say stuff like that, it's like, nope. It's <clears throat> a hard pass for me. I've seen those movies. Thanks to Chucky. Yeah. See, oh, yeah. she, like she agrees movie. with me. I love dolls. Nope. I think they're cool. I, I well, took care of a lady that lived in a house. She collected dolls. And when I say she collected dolls, it was an obsession. Um, and I worked overnights at her house. She's the one who taught me how to crochet. So on the rare nights that she would sleep, I would count her dolls. She had thousands of them. She had thousands of them. Different mm -hmm. sizes, different all over the place shelves everywhere dolls even Burn just like down. lined up along the floor I, they didn't bother me i would sit in a room dark like this hanging out with the dolls crocheting there's the movie dead silence dead silence yes with the that's silence. a creepy one with the ventriloquist dummies also mm -hmm. no yes yes i have hard hard pass yes i have Listen, i got that. got jesus i got yahweh i'm not worried about these dolls just saying. It, that's how I've always felt. I've always felt protected from it. So it's never been a. Mm -mm. There are things that I won't. I am not. I I'm will not, not going to go looking for stuff. But if something pops up on me, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, no, no. I will not question the protective powers of God. All I'm going to say is I would feel much better if I knew there was a creepy possessed doll that could kill me if one of them was in the vicinity, if I had, I don't know, a 12-gauge shotgun to blow it into a million pieces. Now, it very well could pull itself back together, inhabit another doll, but if I can destroy it long enough for me to get away, I'm good. Because that's just, that's too much. Mm -mm. Hard well, I told you guys about the doll that I owned for a little while, right? refresh us i believe you did but it's been a while so i nicknamed her blondie she was my wife's uh, uh childhood doll and um it was passed through at least one generation and she would have nightmares um about this doll like eating her clothing and stuff 
like like the jaw would be like open and like eating oh. like there was a point where the doll ate her jacket and she wasn't sure if she was dreaming or not but she swore she swears even now that it happened but um eventually i took the doll and brought it to my home and i believe now that the spirit behind the doll uh, attacked children because sure enough my son started having like really vivid nightmares and so yeah holy crap you go go to my first youtube video i ever did i left i, I left all of my ghost hunting stuff up on my youtube channel even though i don't do it anymore mm. my very first video it's me basically like interrogating the doll for 10 straight minutes and then by minute like seven seven and a half something like that I have the EMF meter next to the doll and she was like a little schoolgirl doll. She had her own desk and everything. And I, I ask her, um, can you give me a quick yes or no? Is this you here? And within four or five seconds, the EMF meter lit up so strong. It started making a crackling noise, which is basically when it has the highest bit of energy. Mm -hmm. And you can hear me gasp. And then I say, what the hell? <laughs> Because I mean, it went from nothing to zzz, and then it and it just starts blinking over and over again. It starts blinking, so it went from like not active to like okay, now I'm here and now you got my attention. And it was yeah, it was something else. So for those of you, weird happened since I've been here. Not to me anyway. I've heard of like weird stuff, but nothing, nothing mm -hmm. supernatural has happened to me. That's I'm gonna refute that in a second. But for anyone who's new to the channel. Um, if you don't know, have never heard of Izzy before on TikTok or anything other words, otherwise, he is a and stop me if I get any of this wrong. He is a former paranormal hunter, um, current pastor, uh, right? teacher, basically, teacher? A teacher. okay, okay, current religious teacher, um, super interesting guy, probably one of the best people to talk to about anything related to religion, demonology, the whole works of it. Last time he was on the show. Um, if you go back and watch the episode, you see my jaw on the floor and I'm just kind of sitting here. I like literally for like an hour, I said nothing, but just listen. Cause I was like, this is the most fascinating stuff I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and it still is to this day. If, like when people ask yeah. me like, who were some of the better guests you've had on the show? We've had a lot of really cool people, but some, you were in easily in the top three conversations you've had on the show because it was just stuff that I've, I've never thought of, never looked at things that way or even heard of. And I was just like, that was so informative. Like I was one of the best. Um, well, but to go back to what, yeah, no, absolutely. You're welcome to go back. You had that. I don't want to call it creepy. That book with the music from your uncle or whomever that you brought in your house and just started playing on its own. That was pretty creepy. So you can't say nothing weird has happened because that was sketchy. Listen, my little shrine of death behind me. Because that's kind of what it is right now. This book. That's that's very bleak, but okay. It's what it looks like. Like the more I look at it, the more I'm like, that is just a whole bunch of death on that shelf. Like well, she's it got... really is. This is a. I'm gonna pull yeah. it out right now. I'll have her show it to you. It's, it's this really ornate book that plays music, but. My, uncle, was in. He was stationed in. I think this is from Korea or Japan. One of those two. It's over that way, but. It is a photo album that plays music. 
Okinawa. <laughs> it is Japanese. That's where he got it. But, but the front like, of it is broken, and I have it in. Like four days after she brought that into her house, she gets on Snapchat. And she's like, "Guys," and she tells us the story that like she the book wasn't open, she was nowhere near it, and I it just started playing that. music on it its just own. Started playing music on its own, and I was like, "I nope, yep. that would be out of the house." I'm like we're good. But like, <laughs> I have a lot of my aunt and uncle's stuff. Like, I have, yeah. like over there, I have a picture of my aunt's sister who died in World War II. She was ran over by a tank in Germany. Um, she was five, but I have her picture on my wall because my aunt always had it up in her house. And there was a reason why she had it up in her house. So it's up in my house now. Um, I have something of my uncle's over there that one of the ships that he was on. Um, I have an American flag of my brothers. I have a bomber that went over Afghanistan. I got lots of stuff over there. So, I got to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. I'll have to send. Uh, you probably have seen the video, but if you haven't, I think I got it saved that I can send to you. I saw this really interesting video, and I don't. I'll, I'll be honest. Aside from you, there's not very many creators that I follow that show up on either my following or for you page that that talk about anything anything religious, um, and that's by design. Because I think you and I have had this conversation before. Like, there's only like when you talk about religion, there's certain people that can talk about it in a way that makes sense to you. But I happened upon this video on my for you page, and this guy, well, it started out that he stitched the video, and this woman posed the question of, I don't know if she said Jesus or God, but she said, "What if he was actually water?" And then this guy went into like this minute and a half video. Of explaining why the Holy Spirit could potentially be water and gave like specific examples. Have you heard of that theory? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I find that theory to be incredibly interesting because I heard that and Megan was here and I looked at her. I was like, that makes the most sense out of any like video I've seen. Like the logic behind it, I'm like that makes sense. And then I thought about Bruce Lee's whole rant. He went on about be like water. And I was like, there's got to be someone I can talk to about this. And then you popped into my head and I was like, when he comes on the show, I got to talk to him about this because like he, he's the guy. <laughs> well, there, there's apparently some like off the wall scientific study done on if water has memory or not. Okay. I don't know how deep that goes. It still confuses me when I think about it, but apparently water, no, water apparently has memory. So Jesus also refers to himself as the living water. Right. Um, mm -hmm. That when you drink from him, he will never run out. Which, Listen, by the way. I went to go post it. Okay. Yeah, that That is my fiance, by the way, just so you're aware. Okay. Hello. <laughs> um, there was a, I have a good friend of mine who <clears throat> invited me to his church at the time because he was a guitar player for the church. And when I, they had this, they had this pagan there and the, this pagan man was a member of the clergy and he was talking, he was trying to get people to participate in Reiki right there in the congregation. Right. And it was really uncomfortable. Like, like the vibe I was getting was not good. And like Reiki should not be in the church. I actually did a study on Reiki 
mm-hmm. shortly after that and found its ties to Buddhism. And when you start studying Buddhism, it turns into Hinduism very quickly. Yes. And when you start, I like to call it spirit hacking. It's kind of just a term I came up with, but it's basically like we have the chakras of the body. I do believe that. We mm-hmm. have a third eye. I believe that. I was thinking um, about the chakras today. Well, chiropractors are really big on chakras depending on who you actually talk to, which is mm-hmm. why um, my chiropractor plays worship music. I love it. I love them. And there are many chiropractors who are Christians. So, um, it, what was interesting about this, about the water, was the next weekend I showed up at the service early to give the pastor a warning that something bad was going to happen if he continued down the path he was going down. Mm-hmm. Not only did so I fasted that morning and I fasted for only four hours and I was the sickest I had been in a really long time with no food on my stomach, which was really strange. Right. And I remember giving him, I, I went into uh, Mikhail Osui, which is the man who actually founded Reiki. He was a, basically, it's just Japanese Buddhism. Mm-hmm. It's really all Reiki is. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his crown chakra hit with like a waterfall until he died. And then he was able to start doing healing stuff. It's a really strange story. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But what makes it uncomfortable is the bottom drops out when you actually try to dig on like the fundamentals to it. Right. And so, and I I do consider it a form of witchcraft only because it is, like I said, I call it spirit hacking. You're basically, you know how you, I don't know if you've ever actually seen a hacker, but when they get into a computer, they go into the command prompt. Yes. It's a black screen (laughs) and it's white lettering. And it's just- I know what it is too. There you go. Computers. That is essentially what is happening with stuff like Reiki. And when you're messing with chakras, you are going into your mainframe you're going into the command prompt and you are like directly telling it what to do. And um, that's why I call it spirit hacking. You're essentially like hitting buttons on your own spirit and you're making it do things. And when you do that, you affect the outside environment around you because everything is spiritual around us too, not just you. So you start affecting what you can see and whether or not things can see you um, and your whole world can turn upside down. Um, that's why they talk about the Kundalini. And we'll talk about all this in a moment. But l- let me let me get back to the living water because this was crazy. So I, I'm studying the Reiki stuff. And by, by the next weekend, I'm warning him about who this guy is. I'm kind of rambling a little bit uh, when I was talking to him. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to try to wrap it up here. I said, this, this is bad stuff. I was trying not to come at him like, this is witchcraft, don't do this. I was trying to come at him like, no, listen to me as your brother in Christ you are going down dangerous territory. Believe me, because my wife used to do some of this stuff. It's dangerous. Right. And he wrote it off. He did not take it seriously. The sermon was on discernment that he had prepared, which was really strange because he had no discernment. I sat down and like, I was so parched. I needed water. Uh, my buddy's dad says, Hey, could you use some water? Cause I know I was turning pale white. I was just getting so sick. I could barely concentrate. Right. He comes up to me and then says, um, I was going to get you water, but this is all they had. They ran out. And I took the cup and I was looking at it and I immediately thought of Jesus at the well. 
I was thinking about him saying, my water will never run out. And I, for some reason, my mind, my mind and spirit connected. And I was just thinking to myself, like in the spirit, I was like, the church is running out of Jesus. He's leaving. And that sent chills down my spine when I imagined that. And I was just like, this is not good. And sure enough, in the coming weeks, they've just been getting worse and worse. They've been getting so bad. And they're, I mean, they're going down any route they want to. It's all about the money now. Both both the pastor's parents are now uh, deceased. I mean, it's been one thing after another. And I believe it's all correlated because that day, man, when, when God, see, we all have free will. And God has free will too, obviously. And mm -hmm. so when it's God's turn to kind of do things, he lets people do things and then he acts. That's when, that's when you know God is moving. Mm -hmm. And it was like a symphony. It was the strangest thing because God was just like, okay, you got you guys all had your turn. Now it's my turn. And he just starts doing all these crazy things. And I'm practically watching all these things fall into place. And when he's like that, there's nothing you can do. Your answer is locked in. Everyone around you's answer is locked in. That pastor's answer was locked in. My answer was locked in. It was all locked in. And I remember leaving the church and just praising God and saying, Lord, I'm so glad. I'm honored that like I got to play that little part going up to the pastor and, and delivering mm -hmm. that message. Because that's all I was. I was just a message man. But it was something else when, when I got that message about um, the water and it was so strong, you know, when your intuition goes off, mm -hmm. when you just, it's not, it's beyond interpretation. It's just like, no, 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 that's what this means. I know it's what it means. Um, and I, it, it's only happened to me well, a couple of other times, but it is strong when it does happen. So it's funny you bring that up because when Megan was just here in December, um, we were talking about childhood stuff like that. And I told her that I was part of this church youth group. <clears throat> and we got in this discussion on the show a month or so ago. Um, we were talking about different uh, Christian music artists and stuff. And I was telling them about this. Think Woodstock but for Christian rock bands. So it's like all of, no, I think it was called creation. Might've been called creation. I don't remember what it was, but it was in upstate New York, but think like Woodstock, all the fun and camaraderie of Woodstock without all the weed. Um, right. One of the purest experiences like you could, you could probably ever have, you know what I mean? As far as rock concerts go. And this is a story I don't tell very many people. And I don't even think I've ever told you that told you this story. Kels. I know the feeling that you're describing. I would, I, I guess the proper terminology for this is being saved. I don't know the way to describe it or what that moment was, but there was a day, it was a, like a four day long concert thing. I think it was like the second or third day. It was raining like crazy outside. Um, they postponed a couple of the shows, obviously fear of lightning, electrocution, shit like that. They don't want anyone to get hurt. <clears throat> so we all took, shelter underneath this big tent where they must have had like some smaller event earlier in the day and we're all just kind of stand there you know drinking hot chocolate whatever just trying to stay warm and there was this guy quite literally standing on a soapbox for lack of a better way to put it. it was some sort of box that he was standing on and 
like street preaching, I guess you could say. I mean, there was just a bunch of people kind of like a half circle around him and he was reading out of a Bible talking. And I don't know, to this day, I couldn't tell you exactly, put it into words how that feeling felt. But I felt some sort of presence around me and whatever you want to call it to this day. I There's no words to describe that feeling that came over me. Something told me I, I needed to go up to this guy. Like I needed to push my way through all these people and go to this guy. And I was in tears, like sobbing uncontrollably. To the, like, I couldn't tell you to this day why I was crying. I was just sobbing uncontrollably. And this guy, I walked up to him. He took one look at me and he just put his hand on my head and started praying. And I had never felt so like at peace in my entire life. Like it was the craziest thing. So like when people like knock religion, it always pisses me off because it's like you knock it because you don't truly, I don't truly understand it as, as a whole. But I can tell you in that moment right there, when people talk about their faith and how devoted they are to it, I don't knock it. I don't mock it because like I get it. I felt those moments where something bigger than you, something greater than you, that's not an evil presence, but a positive presence pushes you to do something. And that's like, it's, I don't tell very many people that story because when I've told certain people that story, they look at me like you were high. Like, dude, no, I was like 14, 15 years old. I didn't know what weed was at the time, but I will oh I will forever remember that moment in my life because that was I don't want to say weird because it wasn't an uncomfortable feeling. It was just something I I don't think you could replicate if you tried. There's no way to replicate that feeling or to put it into words unless someone's actually felt it before. So right, I completely right. and totally understand what you're saying, where it's just like you're like, nope, gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, and it it's like you can choose not to do it. That's the thing that I'm going to tell you, I talked to you guys about how churches are set up like fast food franchises. That was like a big thing that we talked about. So big to me, in fact, yeah. that I made a, a YouTube video about it shortly yeah. after. And when I stop and think about some of the reasons, first of all, the Reformation, all they were doing was trying to reform the Catholic Church in the 1500s. So they were essentially Catholic Church 2.0. Right. And so one of the things that they picked up because they were going through like they, they were like, okay, what what doctrines do we want to actually keep and which ones do we want to not keep? And one of the things that they took was a lot of Augustinian writings. And Augustine it You'll hear him come up in a lot of Christian circles. I have a hard time believing unless he actually honestly gave his life to Christ before he died. He may not be in heaven at all. Um, the, the guy was not a good guy with a lot of his beliefs. I hope you guys don't hear that. Someone is drunk outside or something. And I can hear them. You can hear faintly something outside. I, but I, thought, there was a, I thought there was a kid. Yeah, out. I just assumed it was one of your kids, like, outside the room. Yeah. Does that no, my kids are that way. I'm hearing, like, someone. It sounds like they're drunk. Anyway. Oh, oh well. Okay. Anyway, so the guy was – a lot of his philosophy, because he was, he was real big on philosophy. 
Well, one of the things he was big on was determinism. You know, did God preordain everything from the beginning? Well, if he did, it makes him more evil than Satan. Right. I'm sorry. It's the truth. It makes him worse than the devil, which is actually something that um, uh, John Wesley argued in the 1700s. He actually said, if what you say to me is true, then, which I don't believe is true, God would be more evil than the devil. Um, right. the, the determinist will say that we don't actually have free will. Well, the reason that's a big deal is because um, the evangelical church mostly holds to the doctrine of um, of this, of this system. And it really starts to change a lot of fundamentals to who we are as people, what we are capable of, responsibility, because if you're predetermined to do it, then maybe you're not responsible at all. Um, and that's when I started to put some pieces together. I Because I studied demonology, I studied cults. And I noticed that in every cult, there's a couple of things, no matter where you go. One is... Um, The parties threw me off. <laughs> one right. is, dang it. What do you call it? Um, when you're when you're obsessed with yourself, you're all you're all about yourself. I, I'm forgetting the word for it. Narcissism. Narcissist. There we go. It was on the tip of my tongue. Um, the the one at the very top of the cult is always going to have a narcissistic personality. Right. They're going to want everyone to behave like them as if they are the Christ figure. Mm -hmm. Well, think about what a narcissist does when they have narcissistic personality disorder. They will um, they'll gaslight you. Mm -hmm. They'll get you to be they'll there's a number, really a number of things they do. And, and on top of that, in cults, there's always um i can't say this here but there's essay a lot of essay whether right. children adults um and the bible says to protect the women and children there's a reason for that um it, it, because the evil one the devil will come after them and there are many within um the church that are protected that do this and then you stop and think it's like a Christian, a pagan. There are so many pagans that would vomit from the thought of even doing something like that. Right. Christians, it's not it's not in a Christian to do that. Far be it from a Christian to even consider that. Well, that's what so, my like like when you learn about like uh David Koresh, the branch Davidians out there in Waco, Texas, and stuff like that, when you hear what he was doing. And like him doing it with women who are of age and who are married, is it crappy human behavior? 100%. Like without a doubt, yeah. that's crappy human behavior, but like, that's your own decision. But the fact that the age of some of these girls that he was doing to, that was my, like, I, I don't, I didn't laugh at what he did, but when you hear about him and how like rah, he was about what he believed and it was like, you laugh at the hypocritical nature of it. Cause it's like, do you not realize how you're contradicting yourself there? 
Like you're supposed to protect women and children and you're doing this mm -hmm. to them. So how can you make yourself out to be this Christ-like figure when you're, you're basically doing the exact opposite of that? And I never, I mean, when you think if they're narcissists, that's how they, ra they rationalize it in their brain somehow. But from the outside looking in, you're like, no, that makes absolutely zero sense. Like there's no rational right. way to argue that that's correct. Right. And there, there's some heavy correlations between um, this idea of a narcissistic God that these people who are very narcissistic when defending this narcissistic God, who they claim is of the Bible, they're creating a God in their own image. Mm -hmm. It's not the God of the Bible. You can clearly see that God... It, the scriptures say that God is love. Right. Um, and I'm not saying all narcissists are capable of essay. I'm not saying that. But there is... But when you start getting into cults and the, the type of people that are really screwed up in the head that are at the top, yeah, they're going to have some very heavy narcissistic behavior. And um, yeah. they there's all sorts of nasty things they do. Yeah. And Absolutely. there's that heavy correlation between that type of mindset hiding in the church, whether in the Catholic church or in the Southern Baptist convention, you want to talk 30-something um, pages of reported essay that's been swept under the rug? Um, that's a lot, actually. Right. Well, see, it's interesting you I'm, say I'm, that I'm about Southern Baptist Church. I grew up in the church. It is swept under the rug more than you think it is. I'm sure. Um, it well, my question is, is what you only... Maybe I haven't heard it, but I only ever hear about it taking place inside the Catholic Church because that was... Those seem to be the stories that make the news, whether it's national news or local news. Those are the ones that they seem to be like, okay, we're going to talk about that. Until you said Southern Baptist Church, I wasn't even aware that was a problem in Southern Baptist Church. So that's it's interesting because you only hear about everywhere. it. Right. But it's well, literally a problem everywhere. Really. Like really it is any branch. It's in every, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. <laughs> Well, Unfair. you know, Jesus talks about separating the sheep from the goats on the day of judgment. And the thing about separating sheep from goats, when you look at them from afar, they can look identical, if not really close. And it's when you look at them up close that you can kind of tell those differences. And one of the things about that idea that Jesus is separating the two is... I'm imagining the goats as being people who claim to be Christian, but are not those who were in the church their whole life, but never, but like had a relationship with Christ through their parent. That makes sense. They didn't have yeah. a relationship with themselves. They had one with their family because their family talked about Jesus since they were two. And then I think about the people who are the narcissists, which I hope every one of them repents before they die. Because when I see some of the nasty things that some of these people say, I'm going to try not to drop names, but um, there was a pastor. I'll tell you what he said. He referred to babies as vipers and diapers. Wow. Um, and 
there is an entire video it, and like I could tell it was a Calvinist that put it up there or a determinist Augustinian that put it up there because they said, um, here's the whole video, <laughs> watch it. And I watched the whole thing and I was just, I was even more disgusted because he's like defending it. And, and there were people that didn't understand why this man was saying these things, but I know why, because I studied church history. I know where these things come from. Mm -hmm. I know, I know where it comes from for the belief that an infant is sinful and vile. But what's weird is John the Baptist himself, he didn't refer to infants as a brood of vipers. Right. John the Baptist looked at the Pharisees and said, you, uh, you vipers, you brood of vipers. And that really pissed them off. They did not like hearing that because a brood of vipers, that, that's a disgusting thing to call somebody, but they were it. And the fact that that the fact that you can call an infant a viper and a diaper to me just shows. Um, I mean, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So it's like, how, how can a child, how can the kingdom of God belong to a child yet to your system? The younger you are, the more evil you are. How can it belong to a child, not a baby? But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, that same system is where we get the idea of original sin from, which is that we all hold the guilt of Adam. Therefore, we have to be baptized because the original sin has to be washed off of us. That is a 100% Augustinian belief. And that is why babies are baptized in the Catholic Church today. It is why babies are baptized in the um, Presbyterian Church today because they are having the original sin washed off of them. Now, that's putting it bluntly. It probably requires some interrogating for them to actually admit that, but that's where it comes from. Augustine believed that that was why babies were being baptized. And yes, babies were baptized before um, Augustine. Augustine was watching them be baptized in Africa. And that wasn't the reason they were being baptized. They were being baptized because the household was Christian and it was, it, it was just a sacrament. It was just a thing they did. It didn't mean it, it was tradition. It, it had nothing to do with keeping the baby from burning in hell. Um, Symbolic. And, <laughs> it's just, I mean, it, it, that wild. mindset goes against, goes against everything like, that I would even know or believe because like one of my favorite things to say talking about a certain topic is you talk about racism. Nobody's born racist. You know what I mean? A child is not born hating a certain ethnicity. You know, you ask a child what they hate, they hate naps and broccoli. You know what I mean? Like things are taught, like children are taught to act a certain way. In a manner of yeah. speaking, whether that by seeing the way their parents act or physically being taught how to do something. So to have the mindset that like you're automatically born evil is just so warped that like, I don't know how you yeah. can co correlate that to yourself being a religious person and think that, you know what I mean? Like child, children are supposed to be in the most purest form of a human being. Well, you know not to I mean? mention, like, what is it? 
what does that mean for Jesus when he was an infant? I thought he took on all of our, um, all of us, not some of us. Yeah. The book of Hebrews blatantly states that Jesus took on all of our qualities, not a few. Mm -hmm. So was Jesus born sinful? And then they, and they say, well, no, because the Holy spirit, um, it, they, they tried to get around it by, Oh, by the, Ooh, Ooh, <laughs> I forgot this part. Um, it's why the Catholic church says that Mary is sinless. I don't know if you guys know that, but they, they, they hold to cap, uh, Catholic tradition is that Mary was sinless in her life. It's why it's why they're so heavy about Mary. It's why they're so big about Mary was because uh, they call her the Ark of the Covenant, which I can't fully disagree with that. But what I can disagree with in the Orthodox Church goes against, uh, goes I against think this the idea, too. the Ark of the Covenant is an actual box full of stuff. Well, so the idea is mm -hmm. that it was foreshadowing to Mary. And so... I can I can say that's really cool because Jesus is the new covenant. So I see what they're going for, but when they go as far as to say that Mary was sinless, that makes no sense. But the reason they say Mary was not sinless or was sinless was because that way Jesus wasn't born sinful because they have they held to that idea that if that's what happened, Jesus would have had to been baptized as an infant, and then he wouldn't have been perfect. Doesn't it say in the Bible something to the effect of those without sin cast the first stone or some, something to that effect? I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not up to date on scripture, mm -hmm. but I distinctly remember something to that effect being in the Bible. That's because there is a certain point in your life where you understand the difference between good and bad. And you yeah, for the Catholic Church, it's seven battle. years old. You are no longer a child. Seven. That's that's what I think too. Seven. I think um, that's so, so the scriptures that they don't give a specific age. So I think that it really depends on the person. Um, for for example, both my kids are delayed. I have a hard time believing that like they'll both like fully understand things by seven. I also believe that time is a social construct. Yeah. So seven years to us could be seven years, whatever is seven years to God. Right. And I think the reason they chose seven is because seven is the number of God, which um, it is. It's why the colors of the rainbow are is seven and not six. And you know that the pride right? flag is six colors, not seven, right? Which color is missing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, but I know he's six right. Six is though. the number of man. I did not know that. I did not know. Yeah, that. six is the number of man. Pride flag has six colors, not seven. They purposefully took a color off because seven is the number of God. Six is the number of man. Um, right. God's prime promise to not flood the earth, and then six. It's basically, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he could put that together. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get what you're getting at. <laughs> well, and it well, and like there, there are many of the LGBT community who have actually completely stepped away from the LGBT community because of the things going on within them. Because there are some cults building within that community that a lot of people are oh, speaking yeah. out. And oh yeah, it's sickening that, too, that's especially genius. what they're advocating for. Yeah, and and so that that's just the whole thing about when you. 
Hey, buddy. Hold on, guys. Sorry. Daddy. Oh, daddy. Baby. Hi. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Everything great, dear. I want to play this game. I told them you were working. Oh, yeah. I'm working, guys. Come on. I was using the phone. No, I know you want daddy, John. John, I gave you my phone for a reason, buddy. Yeah, I'm playing this game. You can play that game. <laughs> what is that? A brief intermission. Some game in here. Come on, John. You gotta go. Daddy's working. I'm holding my coin. Yes, I'm holding your coin. Go. Come on, John. Go. This is my big coin. You gotta go. Okay. All right, all right. Thanks, babe. Come on. <laughs> Now, who could think that okay. was evil? Okay. I mean, that's Blue just adorable of a kid trying to say hi to his dad. Blue is missing. Yeah, see, so I knew he was. I didn't know what one was missing, red, but I knew orange, he was. Yellow, right green, indigo, and violet. Okay, I'm going to go out well no on the limb no here. No such thing as a coincidence. No such thing as a coincidence. Right, blue. Hold on. Of all colors. Right, but put this together now because we come full circle here. Mm -hmm. God okay. is water. What color is most associated with water? Blue. And that's what's missing from it. Yep. Shut up. Your throat that. chakra is blue. Really? Very interesting. No, I don't believe there's coincidence. The thing is, is like I my think throat there's... chakra, the thing is, is like the whole thing about the chakra. My own personal studies for myself, chakras is what I've been focusing on. And my throat chakra is something that I've been, I don't know, it's been in the back of my mind for some reason. Like, why that? I don't know. But now that we're talking about this, now I'm like, oh, this is going to get so much deeper for me on a different level. <laughs> it's, it's really deep stuff. I do understand what you're talking about, though, with cult forming inside of that specific community. And we won't... Good point, babe. Um, we won't get into the specific nature of these subsets of these populations of what they're advocating for, but I think we all... The three of us here and anyone in the comments pretty much know what I'm referring to. Um, yeah. Of what yeah, we don't got to talk about it here. It's trying okay. to work, working into the fold there. Um, and I think it's really weird when you couple that with the fact that Kelly and I were talking about this the other day, and I brought this up over a year ago, um, the new quarters, George Washington's back is to, in God, we trust. I'm taking them out of circulation, by the way. And every time I get again, I have my own struggles when it comes to religion for, for various reasons. Kelly knows most of these. Um, you know what I mean? But I don't have a problem with it. But when 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 people say, and you hear these, these old-timey people out there saying this country has lost its way because they've turned their back on God, it's very hard not to believe them and understand what they're saying when you look at all of this stuff, when you look at how much he's been removed from daily life, even yeah. in the most smallest ways, how he's been removed from daily life, and then you look at the way the world is, it's like, it's hard to argue with him, like, you know what? You, you got a point. You know what I mean? Like at some point, like you kind of got to look at it and be like, you're right. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, 
they were saying this stuff was coming my whole life like all these things growing well, up that's just it's just over and over my great grandfather this, this is coming this is coming this is coming and then like i'm seeing it happen it's like this is some craziness that people have been no saying I'm, that this is coming <laughs> i'm like, telling everybody specific, that they, but it's very specific to, down to the quarters very specific yeah like it's crazy the people that i've come across that have been right about the stuff that is coming Mm-hmm. And I don't believe pushing anything on anybody that they don't want to do. So please don't say I'm sitting here that like, you know, you have to go to church on Sundays. Find your own way with it. Right. You know what I mean? Well, find your own way that it works for you. But I would say at this point in some small form or fashion in your life that maybe people could use a little bit of, of God in their life. You know, find Jesus some sort means- of light in these times. Well, yeah. yeah. So. Speaking of which, you know, Jesus meets us where we're at, not just initially when we are saved. And I know there are many listening to this that that can't relate to even that, but he meets us where we're at every single day. So there are many Christians who are honestly Christians, but they can backslide. They can completely abandon the faith if they choose. God will not drop a Christian, but a Christian can walk away from God and they can they can give it up. They can absolutely do that. God is not going to make you stay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so God, God will meet you at where you're at every day. God has used uh, songs to get my attention. The day my wife and I finally got married, I know it brought a smile to God's face because both my children are born out of wedlock. And when we finally did get married, we got a lot of spiritual warfare, but God was incredibly happy with us. And I know that he was because when we walked in, we didn't get to have a wedding. We walked into a pizza place. My mom said, I'm buying so proud of you guys. This is great. Walk in with our kids and the song can't help but falling in love with you started playing. And that was a song that was supposed to be the song that I was going to dance with my wife to for our wedding. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we didn't walk in on the middle of the song or the end. It was the very beginning. And it was like God was saying, come on down, take a seat, enjoy yourselves. That to me was one of those experiences where I was like, you love me so much. And it was such a strange feeling to have this infinite God appreciate me to that degree. Mm-hmm. Like to fathom that was almost impossible. I think if people looked, they probably have a lot of experiences like that. You know, maybe not every day, mm-hmm. you know, but they, they probably have a lot of experiences like that in their life where if they actually looked at it, they one could make the it, argument that's what was going it. on. You know what I mean? Because, like, even if people don't think they're talking to God specifically, just look at the people that, like, they say they're screaming to the universe. Okay, and one of the best ways I ever ever heard of wording this, if you've ever seen the movie Deep Blue Sea with LL Cool J, one of the guys in the movie is screaming like he wants answers, like to God, and they called him Preacher. LL Cool J's character was called Preacher, and LL Cool J looks at him like the whole building shakes, and he goes, God always answers. Sometimes it's just not the answer you want. Yep. And that like that's always stuck with me because it's true. Like people look up all the time yeah. and want answers. They don't think they're talking to God. They think they're screaming to the universe. You get an answer 
it's it's just not the one you want. It's not always going to be a positive answer, but there's always some sort of response in some sort of way, or people aren't looking because I think people tend to have this this mindset that when they ask for an answer, it's some Bruce Almighty. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they think it's some sort of like grand gesture thing that's supposed to happen. It's not going to be a blinking neon sign in front of you that says, hey, moron, do this. Oftentimes, it's a lot more subtle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes, and, though, it is a moron. Well, I can't there, it happens. Me. I've, I've, I've experienced real, it. Though, like, just, okay, I, I, I heard you. I heard you that time. Okay. There were, uh, there was a time when it was when the, the company that I work for, I didn't know if they wanted us to take that or not. Yeah. And I don't know if we can talk about that or not, but I, I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, probably you not. You can't mention it specifically. We call it the cootie shot. Okay, sure. So code word. I didn't know what <laughs> side of this works. I didn't know what side of that we were going to fall into because that's when companies were really starting to push it. And I was really distressed about it because I couldn't take it in good faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if I saw nothing wrong with it, if I saw nothing wrong with it, I, I, I don't believe it could have hurt me because I would have taken it. (laughs) But if you can't do something in faith as a Christian, you shouldn't do it. Right. I've always believed that. And it's biblical. Like, it's so for me, I started to, I started a fast. I said, God, I am not going to eat a thing until you give me this answer. Should I take it or not? And my coworker drove up within five minutes of me starting my fast out loud with my lips, which is very important, by the way, to speak things out loud. Mm-hmm. Yes. God does not want you to constantly just be in your head. Even though you and God are safe in your head. You know, totally, right? totally. Satan can't hear your thoughts. But one of the things that God wants to see, um, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but I want to say, uh, it'll take me forever to think about it, but uh, my. I have a coworker drive up. She had just gotten off work. I was third shift at the time. And I know I didn't look good. And I was like, oh, what are you, what's going on? She said, I just wanted to say what's up. And I said, and then I just started falling apart in tears. And I was like, I, I got this problem. And I started talking to her about it. And before I got started, she said to me, God prompted me to come down here to check on you. I was going to leave, but God told me to turn the car around. So it was like, I go to start my fast. And then that was God's way of saying, don't starve yourself. Okay. <laughs> like I'm going to go and give you an answer. Um, because I was prepared. I was prepared to stop eating for an extended period of time. And um, uh, God wanted me to immediately break my fast, which was a very interesting situation. Um, but that just goes back to those things that, that God does for people. And like, there was this guy, 
I'm forgetting his name. Um, he might not even be alive anymore, but he made this point of saying, if I put $100 under your seat in your car, you're $100 richer whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. And that's the spirit world, and that's God. Because when God does something, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. There are many things that happen all around us. If we don't catch them, it doesn't mean that, you know, it didn't matter. Just, oh, well, it didn't matter because it didn't, you know, it might right. as well that not goes happen. Along. Did you see what I posted today about Bob Proctor talking about us being in three three separate because it was a PS, who are you? He said, you could say that your name is whatever your name is, but that's not who you are. You don't talk in, in that person. You talk, there's three of us. And we're a intellectual, you're a spiritual being, and you are a physical being. But most people live in only the physical mm -hmm. i can see that a lot of a lot of it is spiritual so if you're just living in the physical and you're not being intellectual or spiritual you're not going to see the rest of it well let's go let's go back to chakras for a moment um there are uh oh, i'm forgetting their names gurus there are these gurus that will talk the ones who are really deep, they're balls deep in Hinduism. They'll talk about how the Kundalini energy is at, I, I want to say, the base of the spine. Can you take a guess on what it's shaped like? It is a coiled up serpent. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And what's even more interesting is when people have their kundalini awakening, do you know what it looks like? Like a seizure? Like you would... I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like something related to like I'll a serpent. this way. I'm surprised it's on YouTube because it looks like something that could be its own category under the hub. <laughs> okay. What you're saying now. Okay. Because they are straight up, just O faces straight across the board. And they are going at it with not, nobody touching them. And what's hmm. even crazier is they think that it's within them. That Madonna stuff I was in, looking at too. They think it's within it. them. But the truth is they were spirit hacking, like I call it. And uh, and I, I'm sure I'm sure many have called it different things. So th this isn't really an original thought, I'm sure. But they're they're hacking their spirit, and they are causing something to be invited into their life, and it is it's messing with them. Right. Um, it's it's not within themselves. But what's even crazier is they talk about these gurus will talk about the kundalini energy that is within you is the most potent because they don't really believe in good, good or evil. They believe that bad things can happen and good things can happen and that it's a balance. This also means that they believe that darkness isn't bad. It's just the opposite of light, which is where you get the yin-yang symbol. Mm -hmm. Right. They balance each other. 
And the yin yang symbol is actually a spiral. I I tell you today that if if Calvinism is true, and I find that's true, then I am going to automatically be I'm gonna be in Hinduism because it, it that is where that leads. Right. It's where determinism leads. It leads to okay, um so darkness isn't bad. Darkness is okay. You're going to have darkness and you're going to have light. That's what Hinduism essentially is. It's this back and forth of energy. And because Christians are basically, you know, saying that it's okay by saying that God absolutely, you know, needs for sin to happen so that he can battle it. Because that's basically what it is, this push and pull. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns God into somebody else is what it does. Uh, and so uh, it, it's one of those things where... Well, it, it makes it, him out to be a comic book character when you really think about it. Like, and, like if, if, that's the, if that's what they're pushing, then that makes God like a comic book character where there automatically has to be a villain for him to fight. Right. And they're I think it's so, kind of disingenuous to the whole thing where it's like, come on, really? So I posted I posted this on Twitter and which no one follows me on Twitter. <laughs> I take snapshots and I put it on Instagram instead. And it got a big reaction. And it was that you can't add death, but you can take away life. You can't add darkness, but you can take away light. Therefore, death is the perversion of life, and darkness is the perversion of light. Oof. Yeah. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. That's 1 John 1, 5, if I'm not mistaken. So if God is light, and in him, there is no darkness at all. Flip that around to... I want to say it's the book of John, chapter one. I'm not confident enough to say the verse, but it says, <laughs> in him, this is Jesus, in him was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So life and light are like this. Now, the Bible never says that darkness and death are this, but it's the logical conclusion because of what I said. You can't add death. You can't add darkness. You can't add cold either. You have to take away heat. That's an interesting one because when you take away heat, what happens? When someone's cold, they're usually, they're, they're dead. Yeah. Um, Isn't there also a passage in the Bible that says, I am the light, I am the way? Yep. Okay. The way, the, the truth, and the life. life. There you go. So I'm, I'm trying to think in my head of like things that I know that relate to what you're saying, and it's that's in John too, isn't it? That's also in John. I'll be completely and totally honest with you. The only reason I am confident that that is actually a piece of scripture in the Bible is that was actually written on Deathstroke's costume or Deadshot's costume. So many Bibles in my house. I got so many Bibles in this room. But the Bible, the Bible is full of. Um, full of explanations on who God is. Right. 
and it it is extremely frustrating to think so there was something i had said this to somebody and he gave me like the guy didn't like debating he really didn't he didn't know what to do with debating so he would just start to get, raise his voice at me and it was really agitating but there's a lot of people like that <laughs> i don't like him um and i was explaining to him that darkness was not created yes there is a specific verse that says um i form the light and create darkness but by forming light darkness is around that form mm -hmm. because the absence of light is simply darkness yeah if darkness brings death and darkness is sin then sin is missing the mark sin is being on the outside of light that's all it is darkness is the absence of of god so I like that you said that death was the perversion of life. Makes sense though. It does. It does I make mean, sense, it, but I needed to hear that. That makes perfect sense, actually. See, this is why I like when he's on the show. So yeah, all that, I, I'm just like, yeah, like, come on, man. Like, this is this is good shit. But that when... I told you I was gonna get smacked. I got smacked in the face tonight, so. Like when you say God smacks you in the face, I got smacked about five times today. Just so you know. <laughs> See, but it's like it's like I said. Like I struggle with. Okay, so I'll I'll briefly explain the story. My grandmother, okay, my mother's mom. She does, and I'm again, same thing with me. This probably is not an original thought or an original term, but it's the one I use. My grandmother likes to weapon what I like to call weaponized Christianity. Mm -hmm. Okay. She doesn't use it as a tool to enrich her own life and the lives of others. She uses it as a weapon to get to her way. To condemn everybody else. To, to condemn everybody else, to get her way with other people, to almost explain away her, pardon my French, actions as just a downright shitty human being. Yes, I do not talk to this woman for many, many reasons. However, um, being that I was around her a lot growing up, she and it was funny, she used to call it her doctrine. Now, my grandmother would never go to church. Every month, she would get a box of tapes, and it was just this guy that she would listen to in the mornings when she was getting ready for work, and it was her doctrine. And even now, like, not remembering, thinking back, not remembering exactly what this guy said, I remember his tone of voice. And as I was older, I just remember thinking, like, this guy sounds like a real dickhead. Like, again, pardon my French, because, like, that's that's how he sounded and like when you think of like a pastor or a preacher or something like that, you think of like a warm, welcoming individual, somebody that you want to have a conversation with. This is not a guy I would want to have a conversation with. This is a guy I'd want to punch in the face and be like, just shut up, right? Yep, I've met a couple of them. So hearing that, okay, and and remember, like that was my exposure to religion at a very young age was that. Hearing that, seeing the way my grandmother acted, and her actions as I got older and I started to have a little bit more of an understanding of the world and the way thing work, way things work, it distorted my perception of what religion was. And that's why I've always struggled with it. It's breaking that, that bias I had growing up watching that and being like, no, you know, I'm resistant to it because like, I don't want to be like her. You know, if that's what a religious person is, and that's how they act. Like, that's definitely not me. Like, I'm yep, not that, that type was, of person. I'm what happened to me. I'm out. I'm the other direction. So 
even as I've 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 let some of that go, it's still one of those things where I struggle with it because of those interactions with her and the things that she would say. And I mean, this woman said some truly, truly foul things about people that I'm I'm not even going to dignify it by by repeating it on here, but. I just understand that when you think of what a decent religious person is, she is the polar opposite of this. So that's why I struggle with it personally yeah. is for that. Like, I don't hate it. I don't knock it. I don't think it's hokey or not real. It's, and I've had this conversation with Megan before. It's about me finding my own way. Right. To use it well, in my life that I'm comfortable with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And something that. That's what everybody needs to do. Really hard. Right. That's what everybody needs to do with that. That's the whole point. Don't ever listen to what somebody else tells you unless they are walking in the same way you're walking. Right. But again, when you we talked about this last time too, and I think the terminology I used was there's so many flavors of religion, and there's so many different. No, you need to do it this way, or you need to do it this way, or if you tell somebody that like this is how you're doing it. Well, no, that's, that's not the real way to do this. When you actually look, and I think Kelly, you were the one that told me this before, like churches, anytime where one or more person, two or more people come together in, in the name church of the right, now. right. Like this technically by <laughs> definition is church. You know what I mean? And I think people don't realize that enough in their daily life. They have this false image of what religion is. Right. You know, you like you go you, into a building, you have to sing these songs. You yeah, have you have to sing the hymns. You have horror. to do this. Or if you're Catholic, you got to go here and you got to do the Hail Marys. Gotta, and yeah, you got to the Catholic calisthenics, priest, as I call them. It's like you don't mm-hmm. have to do all that. But right, but you could see no. how that would be a turnoff to someone where they're just like, why? You know what I mean? Like, because that was my biggest problem if, with like, if you want to do it good on you, right? With it. Like I never well, knocked you don't it, have but to, but I dated a girl who who was Catholic, right? And I, I, outside of reading about Catholicism and history books and stuff like that, <coughs> that whole cluster, you know what, that is Catholicism and history. I asked her, I was like, what? And I said, I'm not knocking it, but explain this to me. Like, explain why this is such a big thing. Like, what? What? what is this? She goes, and she starts explaining it with with the confessional and the Hail Marys and the this and the that. And I'm sitting there at a kitchen table. And keep in mind, no one else in their family is around. Thank God. No pun intended. I look at her. I go, so wait a minute. I said, the whole, and this is a very like crude way of describing it. But I'm like, the ba- so basically the fundamentals of what you believe in, okay, is you can do whatever you want. As soon as you walk out of that church on Sunday, you can do whatever you want. As long as you go back there the following Sunday, confess the fact that you did it, do your Hail Marys, you're good. The slate has been wiped clean for another week. I'm like, so you could be the most despicable human being on the face of the friggin' earth. Confessions, Hail Marys, we're good. You're you're square with the big man upstairs. Here's my question. She's like, yeah. And I was like, let's take it a step further. I was like, what they're also saying is the only way that you can talk to this higher power, this Holy Spirit is by going and talking to an old white dude in robes in a church. I'm like, that is what you're presenting to me right now. She goes, yes. I was like, do you not understand how backwards that sounds? Right. Even my very basic understanding of religion is that every human being possesses within them the power to commune with a higher spirit in in whatever way, whether talking out loud, in their head, reading the Bible, whatever way you want to do it, we all have that ability to do it. 
So they're they're like they're trying to corner the market on God. I'm like, that's what the Catholics are yes. doing. And that was immediately yeah. when I was like, mm -mm, that's that will never be for me. And again, I'm not knocking Catholics. Do you? I just don't get it. I'm just it makes good no sense it. to me. Like I'm, we're good. Like I don't ever need to be there. Right. You stay in your little corner. I'll I, stay in mine. I will talk to God directly. Thanks. <laughs> right. Like well, that was my biggest problem with it. I was like, you're just trying to corner the market. Like that's. That's shitty. Like, why would I did? <clears throat> I did a video just today talking about. I was responding to a guy that said, "If you are, um, what do you call it? Oh, I can't remember what what. He, um, you liked it though, and I'm trying to remember. It left my head. Listen, I watched. happened all night. I'm like, we're good. <laughs> Oh, that's bugging me. Hold on. I got to pull it up. I got to find it out. That's fine. You pull it up. I'm going to mute myself. I'll be right back. I'm listening, okay. but I'll be right back. <laughs> that and when I asked her Ooh, father to explain to me what the saints were, I said, so what's the deal with all the saints? I said, you have saint this, saint that, saint whatever. I'm like, what's what's the deal with all this? And he goes, this is where the final nail in the coffin was for forever turning me off to Catholics. Catholicism is because I already didn't like politicians, right? He goes, well, think of saints like lobbyists. And I was like, enough said right there. We're good. I need no yeah, further explanation. Like, if that's how you're explaining saints to me, we're forever good on that topic. <laughs> we don't need to talk yeah, I'm already not a fan of lobbying to begin with. Uh, yeah, exactly. So when you're trying to tell me that a religious like figure entity that's related to your religion is considered a lobbyist, oh nah, we're good. I don't I don't any part of that anymore. We're fine. The word, by the way, I was thinking of was deconstruction. Okay. Deconstruction is something that I'm seeing really popular with the evangelical church. And I'm not seeing it with Catholic or Orthodox or really any other denomination, period. Mm -hmm. It seems to be when you see deconstruction, you also see the hashtag ex-evangelical. And that is essentially what American Christianity is. It's um, it's the evangelical church. That's essentially what um, Protestants basically call themselves now or reformers. They call themselves evangelicals for, for the most part. Right. And whether it's in the mega church or in the smaller churches. So when I, um, it was, it was the video on the guy talking about deconstruction, by the way. Right. Oh, okay. I heard you. I was. Heard yeah, she, you. Oh, <laughs> I just she just had herself muted, but she could hear us talking. Yeah. Good point. Good point. But it, it irked me hearing that because it's like, no, I deconstructed. It's just that I didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I didn't right. say, okay, I'm going to abandon God because I abandoned the church. No, no. I just deconstructed from the evangelical church. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to, if you want to say I'm not a Christian for that, it's like, well, do I have to be an evangelical in order to be a Christian? Do I have, do I have to? Apparently there's a whole lot of things you got to do to be a Christian. Good. Well, yeah. yeah. That, that goes back to what I was saying. Like that's my Look other at problem. Me. With I that. know people that will tell you that I am not just by how I look right now. Right. right now. And that's also a problem that I have. The principal. Why? I got to tell you yeah. a story about the principal from my high school. Oh, go ahead. I was working at Walmart. He came in to see this. Actually, this is almost 
the the anniversary. The only reason why I remember the anniversary is because two days before my best friend died. It's the only reason why I remember it. I got my tongue pierced, and this man comes up to me while I'm working. I'm talking to his wife, having a full on conversation. I love this woman. And I try to start talking to him, and he stops me in the middle of my conversation, and he says, "Is is your tongue pierced?" And I'm, yeah, it is. And he says, "Well, you have a great day, Kelly." And he turned around and walked away from me. My dad was still coaching basketball at this high school. I told my dad about it. And I was like, you're going to have problems with this man. Watch. You're going to have problems with man. Sure enough, when my dad finally stopped coaching that he did, he had problems with that man. <clears throat> but that's my like, issue. Told you. Why are all, why, why is there so many qualifying features and characteristics you need to have? to be a part of something like shouldn't the only qualification I need to have is that like, I believe he exists and I want to integrate him more into my life. Like that should like the qualification end of list. That is, that is it. That's the quality. But you got to have like 30 other things. Like now you go back to the whole exclusivity thing. Like you make it feel like I can't get behind the velvet rope to a club. And then you what yeah. then people wonder why the some people are so anti-religious. Well, look at the environment that you're creating. You're not Stop fostering a physical. sense of community. You're not fostering right. a sense of welcomeness. You're making it well. I'm not good enough to be a part of your your group. Now I'm gonna go over here. Right. It's, it's it's so confusing and convoluted. It's easy to see how people lose their way, and they just get to a point uh-huh. where they're like, you know what? I don't want it at all. We're done. Because they make it that like the barrier for entry just seems so difficult with some of it that it's like it really is. That's why I stopped going to church for a long time. I didn't I didn't go to church until I came down here. And the only reason why I go to church down here is because it's my uncle's church. It's the only reason I would not go to church if it wasn't my uncle's church. So now we the first one to say it. Like if Izzy had his own his own spot, I'd be there every week. Well, there are people that I will listen to. He doesn't Right, but like that's what I'm talking about. He doesn't talk about it in a way like he's talking down to you or that he's better than you or that you have to have all these qualifying it, characteristics to be a part of it. The pastor, that's the issue for me because sometimes the person up there speaking is phenom. The people sitting in the congregation are not. True. It's a, it, so, it is a social setting. Like that, that is why. My There's an argument people that love me just because I'm the niece of the person that's preaching. They don't care what I look like. They don't care what I wear to church. They don't. They don't care. They love me. Yeah, I love going. There, there's an argument that can be made that uh, pastors and teachers are the same role. For me personally, I don't see it. I see them as different, and the reason is because you have the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. Um, I'm trying to remember Rockets. the other two. Right. But they're, the, the point I'm making here, sorry, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> the point I'm making here. You're is, good. We uh, can wrap it up here in a couple minutes. The point I'm making is that they're different. They're, they're considered right. different titles. Um, I just, I don't see pastor and um, teacher being the same thing because although a pastor is, the whole point in the pastor is to look after his flock. Right. The teacher is meant to teach the congregation to to continue informing them. And one of the things I find myself constantly doing is 
teaching church history. And when I realized that demonology is actually something that's required in the church, it's because it requires me to study other religions. And when other religions have an influence on the Christian church, that's a big freaking deal because we're not supposed to be influenced by outside things. Um, When I constantly compare and contrast with the scriptures on other outside things, I don't let those things influence the way I do things. I let it influence the way I talk because I know how to approach people. You know, someone tells me that, you know, they believe in Norse mythology and that they have, you know, bowed the knee to whatever God they choose, you know, um, you I'll take know the a little bit about what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> and my dogs are starting. The alarm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm hungry, so I'm ready to wrap it up when y'all are ready to wrap it up, too. <laughs> you see, that's the problem when it comes on, is that we just want to keep talking, but then everyone gets tired. But no, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like if you're in order for you to reach out to people and talk to them, you have to understand where they're coming from too, but it doesn't affect your beliefs and how you carry out your daily life. But you at least have a broad enough understanding of it that when they're explaining it to you, you're like, okay, I get what you're saying. Like any teacher would. I mean, like any teacher that teaches a topic, you have to. I I search into this kind of stuff for, for me. And for some reason, I just find it interesting. So I share it. It's not really, it just turned into a, a teaching thing, I guess. I didn't ever intend it to be that way. It was just like, this is what I'm learning. Hey, this yeah. is crazy. And now it's just, now I feel like I'm teaching people. And it's really weird because it's unintentional. I'm not trying to teach people anything. It's just that this is what I found. This is what I learned. Let me show you. I feel like it's really healthy. I mean, I think, I think the anyway, the, the only way to educate yourself is to learn an opposing viewpoint and that's on any topic. You know what I mean? Like if you're a supporter of the second amendment, look at the, you know, look at the opposition. I mean, that's, that's the foundation of any good education. You know what I mean? And especially if you're going to be an educator or teacher, you yourself have to be able to do that. So I absolutely understand what you're saying. I I think I like it so much in the religious aspect and like demonology and stuff is because it is so big there's so much to it but but it's all the same thing though like it's there's so many pieces to the same puzzle it all ties back to the same spots well i can i can share with you guys why um and by the way it's referred to as the fivefold ministry the other two were prophets and and, um uh, apostles apostles disciples well i mean you do have discipleship which is missing uh, discipleship is missing in the church too. I was discipled under someone for about a year and a half. And if you want to get technical about it, um, I'm, there are going to be times in my life where I go back to that same man and I continue discipling under him indefinitely because, um, there is just that level of respect there because he was able to build me up the way he was. Um, and so you, you got the fivefold, which is scriptural. The I've already told you that the pastor and the teacher are kind of consolidated into their own one role, which is that's debatable. I think they were I think they were separated for a reason. Then you have the evangelist. Well, well, the evangelical church calls themselves evangelicals. They're all about evangelism, right? Mm -hmm. 
So you have you have a lot of evangelists, and then you have the pastor slash teacher, but they don't believe in prophets anymore, and they don't mm -hmm. believe that apostles are for today. So really, they only believe in two roles in the church instead of five. And it's like no wonder why it's so dry. Like, like nothing's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened with a lot of churches and religion as a whole is I think in an effort to try to change with society in the way that society is changing, I think they've sacrificed a lot of what made church church in order to cater to the way society operates now. And I think in doing so, you, you see what you just described there is that they've dropped things along the way to try to make it more appealing to people. But in doing so you've, you've lost that core foundation of what it was supposed to be. For me, and I think you see a lot of people noticing that and they're starting to back away. What I yeah. don't understand is why not just tell them the truth because the truth is far more interesting than all this other bullshit that they're pushing in people's faces. It's far, God is far more interesting than all of the religions in the world. It is so if, much more in-depth than you can even imagine. Here, here's the sad truth. If you continue bringing people back, I hate to really do this, but it's the truth. Look at the hospital industry. No one ever really gets cured because then they lose a customer. Yep. Right, it's intentional. In the church... They continue bringing the people back, but they never build them up enough to actually start their own congregation or mm -hmm. disciple other people or go out. Like they continue reeling them back in and just give them the same old, same old, you know, they're, they're spoon, spoonful of medicine, you know, their little thing to make them feel good. And then they're, they're out the mm -hmm. door. Or make them feel convicted just for this week. And then tonight when you come back for Sunday service, we'll have pie. Yeah. Yeah. And if you truly, I mean, if for starters, it would take yeah, a lot of people <laughs> that not only thought like me, but thought like you guys, it would take a lot of people to really think like that. If you can hear my dog, I'm sorry. He is going nuts right now. You're good. We can hear you still. Well, so it's fine. We'll end it after you say this last piece. That way you can go be with your kids because I know they're chomping at the bits. Here. Well, he's a uh, he's a reservation dog, and so he he's very nervous and very protective over us. Right. So he's he's constantly like on the fritz when he thinks that there's danger. But mm -hmm. it would honestly, I think it would take persecution um, in North America for the craziness to really start happening. I think it would take like Christians really being persecuted. Not, not this, not this, like, you know, first world problems, persecution. Right. Not this social media right. bullying, like you're a Christian. No. Ha ha ha. Like you'll have to fact check me on this, but do you know where the Roman candle comes from? No, no. I thought it was just a firework. If I'm not mistaken, I could be totally wrong about this. I know it's an explosive that was used for something, but I don't know what. The Roman candle initially was a Christian being set on fire as a torch to light up the streets. 
if that is what sure. it was called. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it was called. And there were many different things. But how much more time do we got, by the way? As much time as you want. I mean, as much as okay. as much time as you want, but I mean you said you were My getting kids tired are supposed to be asleep. I don't even know why they're awake right now. Probably because daddy's working, we gotta be awake. Um right. Let's actually switch gears if you don't mind. Let's actually talk about the number of the beast. Okay. Because this this is fascinating. So, you know, the thing that we're not supposed to talk about. Um I'm forgetting names again. The, um, Bill Gates, his that guy. patent, his patent for the you know what? Mm -hmm. Did you notice that it's zero six zero six zero six? Mm -hmm. I think I did know that, okay. and I'm pretty sure I she told me that. that. <laughs> Here's the thing about six six six. Not only is it the number of the Antichrist, but the scriptures say that there are there are many antichrists that are now among us. I believe that with every antichrist, they have that number near them in some way. Whether it is Bill Gates, I consider him an antichrist. I mean, he's a globalist. He's an antichrist. He believes in destroying everything that God brings up. God says, be fruitful and multiply. What does Bill Gates say? Depopulate the world. That's what I'm talking about. And, and synthetic beef. He's an antichrist. Um, mm -hmm. So glad I have a butcher. So but if you, if you look at Nero, he was the antichrist for, for 70 AD. He was the antichrist for the age. And... This is where some people believe that he was the one and only Antichrist, and that, and that according to the belief system, Jesus has already come back, and obviously he's not. None of this is real because the earth is still going the way it is, and we still have sin, so it wasn't purged. Okay, that's crap. There's multiple Antichrists, and God will continue reserving heaven and earth passing away. He'll continue reserving all of this until. No more people can be saved. As long as the as long as the body of Christ is continuing to be out here, bringing in, uh, being fishers of men, continuing to to reel people in. So until there's no more of us, Jesus isn't coming back. Type thing. That's the belief. Um, until until the very last Christian is persecuted. That makes sense. That makes it's sense. totally possible. Um, it does. Um, I don't believe that though, because I believe <clears throat> post rapture tribulation, not pre rapture tribulation. I believe the tribulation comes after all the all the real bad stuff comes to the people that believe after. Oh, people I didn't get to tell you guys this. Um, for one thousand eight hundred years, actually, to be precise, for one thousand eight hundred and twenty something years, it was believed that the rapture was the same event as the Day of Judgment. Okay. So, um, it was believed for over 1,800 years that we would endure the tribulation, and then Jesus would come in and scoop up technically everybody, because he would he would raise the, the all the dead at once. Because if he didn't, 
there is no second coming of Christ. Technically, there are three comings of Christ. Right. And it's amazing how it many Christians can't do math. <laughs> um, Jesus came once already. As a baby, died, right. resurrected. And then when he resurrected, this he went, prior to his resurrection, he went down into the earth. He went down into Sheol. He preached to the dead. That's First Peter 4, 6. He brought up all, all the saints who had been dead and all the dead Gentiles who never got to hear him. It makes sense that they would be given a chance. They never got to hear him. Brought him up. And um, that's the, that was the first one. That was the first resurrection. The second resurrection has not happened yet, but the second resurrection is the only other resurrection. There is no three resurrections. Right. So if Jesus were to come back and only grab the Christians and leave behind everybody else, that means that he left behind not only the people who were alive that didn't follow Christ, but all the dead that didn't accept Christ either. That means that he would have to come back again after the tribulation, grab all the evil people, and then resurrect them, which, by the way, the, the evil dead are also resurrected, which is something that the Calvinists can't get through their thick skull. Um, so, I'm sorry, but it, it's right there. It's, it's a, what scripture is it? John 5, 28 through 29. It says all the dead will be raised. Mm -hmm. Everyone. At once. Um, there's two, because there's two resurrections. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see all of it. Not some of it, but all of it. Do you, do you believe in literal bodies coming out of the ground? Yes. And the reason I believe that is because the we're not going... The body that we receive is going to be different. I like right. to think of it like this. When you go into a smartphone shop, whether it's um, any of the carriers... Verizon, whatever, and they have that trade in your old phone plan, bring your own phone plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You trade in your phone and you upgrade. So whatever condition our body is in is irrelevant because we all turn to dust eventually. The scripture says so. So when pe people who are cremated, it's whatever, is eventually the bones turn to dust. Eventually, like we completely, you know, but right. I didn't lock my door. I hope my kids will come in. Anyway, um, but whatever condition our bodies are in at that point, we're going to be given new bodies anyway. Right. So God is going to resurrect those bodies, and then those bodies are going to be encased in whatever, and then it's going to be uh, transformed in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen like that. Yep. Um, so and then, there, start, then you have everybody that's left is going to see nothing but chaos. Well, so empty graves and car crashes and plane crashes and sunken ships and just everything's going to be tragedy. Technically, because the direction I'm taking this is that left behind the movie and the books is accurate. Actually, the opposite. I'm saying I think for it's accurate. I'm the saying they're going to pull. I just think, no, it's got to be chaos. This, I'm saying for 1,800, <clears throat> for 1,800 years, that didn't exist. That belief didn't exist. 
it is recent. When I read it, that's how I interpret it, though. Yeah. I have heard so many theories with it. I I think it's going to happen so fast, but there's going to be everybody that is left here is going to deal with everybody. If I just disappear, gone. My whole body is just gone. Whatever I am doing in that moment is going to continue. So if I'm driving my car, God takes me. My car mm -hmm. is going to keep going. It's going to yeah. hit something. So whoever is left, pilots are going to disappear. Just going to disappear. That's a crazy thought, though. What's that? The, like that whole scenario right there. Like, I mean, think about it. It's quite literally like Thanos snapping his fingers. Just boop. Mm -hmm. And shit just falls from the sky. I think when that's happens, crazy, though, there's going to be far less people on this earth. Oh, probably. Like it's going to be chaos, but it's not going to be chaos if it were to happen right this second. You know what I'm saying? True. But it is. Yeah, the be, um, and it's going to be bad for whoever's left, and they're going to try to spin it, however they spin it. Well, so what we do here's personally when I look at Project Bluebeam, here's what I believe. I believe that is going to be some sort of <clears throat> honestly, I would call it a false flag, even. It's gonna be some sort of abduction. Yep, I think so too. But I don't think it's going to be from God. Yep, I think I think so too. That's exactly what I think. And I think what's going to happen is it's going to cause a lot of the same Christians that we're talking about to start bending the knee to the Antichrist. Yep. Or to too. or to one of many Antichrists, whatever, whatever time Whoever that God ends up actually coming right. in. Well, there's enough of them out there already. Yeah, I mean, I I would consider all the globalists antichrist for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and as much as like I, I can look at libertarianism and love it, unfortunately, its path leads to um, every man for himself. It leads to a system of uh, anti-community, anti-church. Um, I'm trying to remember the woman's name. If left to see that as a former libertarian. Um... The idea of libertarianism is sound, but the problem is, is that as much as libertarians preach less government, less laws, it's foolhardy to think that a society can exist without some form of rules and checks and balances in place. I mean, it's, it's impossible because otherwise you go back to the Wild West, you know what I mean? I see At the OK Corral, you know what I mean? There, there was checks and balances in the world there was some point in 2020 when i went from libertarian to thinking i won't say i was thinking like an anarchist but there were parts of me that were just like why not though because that's where libertarianism was leading me i was like dude why aren't we just going ahead and taking care of this ourselves? There was I, all the time. Why not? I believe that God took me from that because 
Um, I went on a drug that absolutely messed me up for an entire year, mm-hmm. left me very sick. And he broke me down and built me back up again. And in that, I learned about libertarianism. I, I am ran, I think is her name. And yeah, I know you're talking about, um, you want to talk about antichrist? Holy crap. Like she didn't believe in any community. She believed that Christianity was like in the way of like true freedom. And so, yeah, I remember when I was hardcore libertarian and Mm -hmm. um, I just, when I started seeing the direction it was going, I was just like, I can't get behind this because this is essentially telling me that like, I don't need to help people. Well, do you know why that is? Truth be told, why, why you saw that shift? I really, I really don't. So the whole concept of, of libertarianism was your true middle of the road people. You know what I mean? Where you could stand in the middle and agree that the left and right both had good ideas and the best path forward was a combination of the best of ideas from both parts. Because even us sitting here can agree, I would like to think, The left isn't without some good ideas, okay? They have some good things that they'd like to implement. They're horrible in their PR game. The people that they have speaking about these things have more gaffes than anyone else I've ever seen in my entire life. But they do have some good ideas. Mm -hmm. Same thing with with the right. They have some really good ideas and they have some really shit ideas. What has happened and what I noticed and why I eventually walked away is where that pendulum hung in the center, it slowly started to shift further and further and further to the right. And you've seen a lot of these alt-left people now come in and they're trying to push the agenda more to the left. And Bro. what what do we see in politics in today's day and age on the left? Mm. There is a definitive shift towards moving away from decent core family values religion things of that nature so it's easy to see why the libertarian party starts to look like that what that's the road that it leads to which is really quite sad because it was never supposed to be that way you know because i know plenty of libertarian people that they're very religious they go to church every sunday you know what i mean but like most things you know what i mean you let it get pushed a certain direction and then the ball starts to roll. The next thing you know, you get what you saw where you have people like that, where Christianity is in the way. There's no room for religion at all. Well, that's not the case because for how many hundreds of years before now, religion was a core part of everybody's life. Right. You know what I mean? Like every small town you rolled through, there was a church. I mean, that, that, well, that's what he meant, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the sad part of, um, that's the sad part of the way our country was founded. I do believe it was founded in, in faith. Mm-hmm. And there were some good things that honestly came about in that, because it really was a freaking miracle that we were founded as a nation. Yes. With that being said, with that being said, there are some very negative things about many, not all, but many of the forefathers. Um, they were very far from saints, and many of them would not even consider themselves Christian, but rather deist, which is a basically 
I call them glorified atheists. Right. To, to believe in a God that doesn't interact with you, you're essentially an atheist with extra steps. But, um, <laughs> wow. That was a good way to put it. <laughs> I just, to, and, and honestly, there's a lot of Christians that live like that too. You know, there's a God out there somewhere and that he did awesome things a long time ago, but he doesn't act like that anymore. You know, I see the same thing. And yeah. so, um, when I think about, look at when, when God alienated the nations in the tower of Babel, um, I can't pull up the exact scripture, but it says he split up the nations according to the number of the sons of Israel. If you go back to the Dead Sea Scrolls, it doesn't actually say that. It says according to the number of the sons of God. And the sons of God, like in Genesis 6, they're angels. So when God was dividing the nations, he divided them among the number of the sons of God. He was dividing them among the number of sons of the angels. And if you look at the Septuagint, it straight up says he divided them among the number of God's angels. <laughs> it literally says that. Right. And um, which Septuagint is just Greek Old Testament. Um, honestly, less uh, less screwed around with than the, than the, um, the, uh, the Jewish uh, manuscripts. But when you look at the founding of this country, I think in our rebellion, um, God kind of mimicked that a little bit and said, okay, each nation will have its own uh, governor. Mm -hmm. And you can see that um, just like he did with Babel, just like he did with the world. Um, but in that does come a price as it did because he referred to these angels later in Psalm 82 as judges and said, um, that they were going to die like mortals because of what they did. Read Psalm 82. <clears throat> it is fascinating because it says that, he, uh, God sits in the assembly among the gods. And it's, it's, it's the first time where it actually, it uses the term like Elohim among the other Elohim. And so you have these lesser divine beings. I like to call them little G gods because that's essentially what he's saying. And he's pointing them out and he's saying, um, I say you, I say you are gods, but you are going to die like men. You're going to die like mere mortals. And I think about governors and government. Governors are kind of like judges of their own nation, of their own little nation. And unfortunately, um, I should say fortunately and unfortunately, but when you get into it, these guys, it, it's not perfect. And, and there are some good things that came out of it, like I said before, but there are some bad too. Um, I think that we were blessed as a nation. Mm -hmm. And I think that we had curses just around the corner. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that there was a battle between good and evil spiritually for our nation because um, there are reports that Freemasons were getting into the nation and wanting to do their own thing. You see that also in um, France, the French Revolution, there are Freemasons there too. 
and that's a whole thing. Like, and I, I'm not going to sit there and start dogging on the Freemasons. Uh, I have my own opinions about them, but I got a good best friend of mine who is a first degree, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into that. But uh, is he the third degree master Mason? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, I did not know that. Yes. And me and Wyatt, we very we go round and round and round, round, and round, round. on that. <laughs> when yeah. you were talking about God being light, I wanted so bad to point at her and be like, one of the things they say in masonry is searching for more <laughs> light in masonry, and if God is light, yeah, and I let it go. And I was like, no. I'll tell her later. I'm just Let, gonna, let's do this you know. on a different. We'll talk about misery next time. <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a whole thing though, um, because when you start getting into, I don't because I don't believe in coincidences. I'm sure you guys do go back and forth on that a lot, mm -hmm. because when you start getting into the really big situations, there seems to always be a Freemason nearby. That's how I feel about it too. And it's so strange. It's just, just ironic. Whether, whether it is the French Revolution, whether it's the American Revolution, I mean, you name it, and there seems to be something nearby. And um, I'm not saying that Freemasonry innately evil. I'm saying that there are people that used it for evil. It was co-opted. I'm just saying it was used for evil. And okay, so I'll where... ask Alice the question. Nice Templar, good or bad? Bad. <laughs> I saw I saw uh, one of their um, I can't remember if it was Knights Templar or not, but one of their vows, like the things they say, the things they're forced to say, didn't look very good. Yeah, oh, I'm not talking about the, the current concordant body of, of Freemasonry. I'm talking about like the Knights Templar the, back. The back. actual Nens, Knights Templar. Knights, like Knights. the actual physical I Knights. Do. The ones I that do. the Pope signed a decree. I don't know if it was the Pope or the King that signed a decree, which, fun fact for all of you. Um, do you want to Along know with why? the Mississippi fact. Right. We don't address those facts. We just put them there and people can figure out why they're there. Um, do you saying, know I'm why? <laughs> do you know why Friday the 13th is considered an unlucky and bad day? Jason Voorhees? <laughs> That's what my kid would tell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now, but do you want to know where the origin for why that's a very unlucky Go. bad Go day comes it. from? Um don't quote me on this. I don't remember if it was this part anyway. I don't remember if it was the Pope or the King or a combination of the two of them. But essentially, there was an order given on Friday the 13th that all Knights Templar were to be executed mm. on grounds of treason. And they went out and they rounded them up and they killed them. Now, if you look at the history of the Knights Templar and what they did, they were very devoted to the church. They were very devoted to religion, to God. And if you even want to take it a step further, there are certain theories that will tell you that it was the Knights Templar who was responsible for guarding the Holy Grail itself or the secret of the Holy Grail, whatever that may be, whatever you choose to believe what it is. But it was almost as if the Knights Templar and the Holy Grail, those two stories, were joined at the hip. You couldn't talk about one without talking about the other. So when you couple all that together and realize that 
back in the day, they were considered a very religious military unit. And that there is, in fact, a concordant body of the Freemasons called the Knights Templar. I would make the argument that they're not bad. I believe at its inception, it was a very good organization. And much like we've seen in today's modern society, people take something that's known for good because it, it's a bigger organization. There are some older, powerful people who, who are a part of this organization. And because you make connections within Freemasonry, people who have nefarious... Uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Who have bad, nefarious intentions, there we go, who have nefarious intentions have become part of the Freemasons and use those connections to further their goals. Essentially. Okay. Co-opted by that and use that. That's why you see symbols of Freemasonry being associated with evil things because that's the association that they want you to have. They can pin it on the Freemasons because it's easy because there's a bunch of old white dudes that are super powerful and have a lot of money and they must be bad because it's a secret society. That's my personal opinion with it. Oh, what's that one guy? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. He had an entire book. He's got a statue and everything. Can't remember his name. There's a lot. She's listening. This whole Knights Templar thing. I'm gonna dive all the way down this. You know that, right? You should. Yeah, I don't know if 100% I'm hundred percent should. Listen, it's... the Crusades and the Knights Templar. That's a that's a topic for my brother, and you know how I feel about my brother. That's part. Of, yeah. That's part of the reason why I stay away from it. But. Well, we have to we'll have to talk about it on the next uh, episode yes. because my oh, battery man. is dying. Thank yeah, you, Hellbilly. I couldn't remember if it was the Pope or the King, but I knew it was somebody. I'm hungry. <laughs> but what what religion is the Pope synonymous Catholic. with? Catholic. There you go. That's yeah. all I need to be said there. <laughs> anyway, Izzy, thank you for coming on the show as always. Absolutely, we'll have you back because, like I said, every time you come on, it's always a good discussion. And I always feel like we get to this point where we get out, we keep getting on topics, and then we're here for two hours. And we get to a topic and we have to do it next time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll definitely have to have you come back on and we can dive into the whole Knights Templar Freemason thing. Because like I said, I'm always willing to discuss it with people. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Thank you for coming on again, everyone. Thank you for coming and watching the show, spending part of your Saturday night with us. Um, I had a guest lined up for next Saturday. I don't know if he'll still be able to do it simply because we're banned on YouTube. So Pad, figure, Pad, yeah, hopefully Mad Podcast tomorrow night. It'll still be live on the other channel and we're gonna upload everything back to the main channel when we're done. Um Izzy disappeared. Uh he said his battery was gonna die, so he Yeah, that's probably why. Um so I think yeah. I think Izzy left. But uh yeah, we're banned on our main YouTube channel right now, but we're still gonna do it here because fuck censorship. Um, Thanks. <laughs> I'm not quitting just because people want to be little bitches. 
Yeah, he just said battery died. Sorry. <laughs> all good, is he? All good. All good. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming to hang out with us. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, we'll see you all next week. Bye.